Are you ready to step beyond your sexual walls? We're here to talk about anything you want. This is the Sisters of Sexuality show featuring Taylor Sparks and Parish Michelle Blair. We have so much to talk about today, so let's just get things started. Here are your hosts, Taylor and Parish. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Taylor Sparks, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Paris Michelle Blair, and you are listening to Sisters of Sexuality, Five Shades of Play. I am most excited, as I am every week, to be here with you all, and I cannot wait to introduce you to our guest, but before I do, let me give you a little background on her. Kitty Shameless is a number one Amazon best-selling author, certified relationship coach, keynote speaker, polyamorous and sex-positive activist, and founder of Living Without Boundaries since 2012. She is a member of the American Psychological Association, Division 44, Consensual Non-Monogamy Task Force. Kitty has been a contributing writer for such publications as Multiamory, Swing Towns, and Postmodern Woman, with her advocacy work also featured in, bo- in the books Stories from the Polycule, and it's called Polyamory, coming out about your non-monogamous relationships. She has given workshops around the country at various polyamory conferences, as well as appeared as a special guest on broadcast shows and podcasts such as CNN, in Polly Weekly. Lastly, Kitty is thrilled to have brought her first book, Jealousy Survival Guide, How to Feel Safe, Happy, and Secure in an Open Relationship out in the world. Kitty has made it her life's mission to make thriving relationships, even unconventional ones, attainable to everyone. Kitty, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so incredibly delighted to be here and be talking to you. Thanks for having me. You are most welcome. Hey, Parrish. Hey, Taylor. Nice to see you. I can see uh, Kitty through our, our Skype screen. It's nice yes. to see you. I'm very much into auras and energy, so expect that kind of <laughs> questioning from me, Kitty. But okay. you have really great energy. Thank very, you. Thanks for telling me that. I appreciate it. Very strong and focused. Where did that focus come from? Ooh, I would say I've always been a pretty, uh, I'm, I'm a Gemini, so I would okay. say I have both the flip side of, <laughs> of the fun side, you know, and, the, and the really having a lighthearted approach to life and mm-hmm. having that sense of adventure, but there's also kind of the geek and the nerd in me, the straight A student and the person who's really interested in getting a great outcome. So I think it's a little bit of both. That's the focus side that you're seeing. Okay. <laughs> I, get, I get focused on the target. <laughs> So, okay, with that focus, you know, sometimes talking about relationships, people think a strong uh, partner is a good partner because they stay focused on one. So talking about polyamory, how do you, I mean, is it focusing on, excuse me, is it focusing on multiple people or focusing on your own pleasure? I'm just curious. There's lots of other things that I'm sure we want to talk about, but I, I just I'm just curious because I know how my journey started. It was me following and you know following that inspiration and then not letting it go. So whenever I see a woman like you and I see your focus energy, I'm wondering where your story started. Yeah, well, I think in terms of 
relationships, the way I think about focus is focusing on needs, you know, each person's individual needs. So there's your needs, and that includes practicing self-care and really learning to love yourself and accept yourself and take care of yourself. But then when we're talking about relationships and it doesn't matter if it's one other partner or five, then looking at what that person's needs are and knowing that each person's needs are beautiful and life-affirming and positive and they're not necessarily in conflict with each other, even though sometimes we get confused and we think they are. So I think, you know, just bring it down to the essence of needs. And to me also that, that goes hand in hand with the love, both again for yourself first, but then the love that you feel for your partners, like remembering what you love about them, even when you have those days that are not great, because we all have them, right? Yeah. <laughs> days, weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How long have you been ethically non-monogamous? I have been ethically non-monogamous for just about 15 years now. And for me, it was a, a really long journey because I was a, a cheating serial monogamist for uh, well over a decade, almost 15 years in, in that part of my life as well. And I always wondered if there was something wrong with me. You know, why can't I settle down with one person? And once I finally discovered, you know, hey, maybe there's more than one way to do relationships. And then I eventually uh, found out about the book, The Ethical Sluts by Janet Hardy and Dazie Eaton. When I read that book, it was like the clouds parted and the angels sang. And I thought, (laughs) oh my goodness, there isn't anything wrong with me. I've just been polyamorous and didn't know it. And so ever since that period, it's been a journey of first, a lot of research and self-discovery. And I I would say I've identified as polyamorous now for close to, um, I would say a decade. Yeah. Hmm. What what is your, uh, your poly dynamic? So in terms of my particular family, I live with my husband, whom I've been with for 15 years, married for 13, and my other partner lives here too. It is a man, and we've been together. We just had our four-year anniversary, and Aww. they, yeah, yeah, so, and they both, uh, they are heterosexual, so they're just really good friends, mm-hmm. so the way we talk about that is it's a V where I'm the pivot partner at the bottom. All right. Right, and right, right. they both have other partners as well. So we call that like our polycule. Right. You know, interesting. You talk about pivot partner. Um, when I was first introduced to pivot partner, my thought was, is a pivot partner? And if you could explain this to the audience, the difference when I thought a pivot partner, I thought, does that mean like a rebound partner? Like you leave this partner and now you're with that partner because you pivoted the relationship. Explain the difference between a metamor. And a pivot partner. (laughs) A metamor is your partner's partner. And your metamor is also somebody that you're not in an intimate relationship with. So, for example, my husband's girlfriend is my metamor. Mm -hmm. And my other partner's wife is my metamor but so and we're, we're friendly but we're not in an intimate relationship ourselves and a pivot partner you can think of it like a hinge you know so i'm a hinge between my two partners but again they're not in a relationship with each other they're each other's metamor um so right. i'm a pivot partner in the sense that i'm managing those those two relationships and they're both in relationship with me does that is, answer your question? Yeah, uh, yeah. So they are. So pivot partner and metamor is essentially the same. No. So, um, so my husband and my other partner are metamors to each other. Right. But then I'm their pivot partner. Ah, you're the pivot yeah. partner. Okay, I'm yeah. with you now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I'm like, is that the person that you rebound with? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, yeah. when I first said that. Yeah. This, there so, is so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Karen. Kitty, was there healing in between your transitions? Because I can imagine you're, you're you know, probably feeling some kind of guilt and negative feelings because you're pursuing these relationships when technically you're not supposed to. And then you have a pattern and then you discover all this great stuff. But what was the transition like? Did you get self-help? Did you heal, like get rid of, you know, guilt and shame? And Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear about that. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. So I would say I've been on a massive healing journey as well as a personal growth journey. And I don't really think that ever ends, at least for a lot of us. But for me, it's ever been, it's been since I was a child because a lot of people that know me know that I'm a recovering Catholic, I like to say. Mm. (laughs) So I went to 12 years of Catholic school. And so I was brought up, you know, being told that sex was wrong unless you're in a male to female marriage and you're procreating and uh, people who are gay are going to hell and you should never masturbate you know so there was a lot of things that aren't part of my belief system today that I had to unlearn and as you can imagine there is a lot of guilt and shame that comes along with that so as I grew up and I started to follow that path Uh, that I thought was my only choice of compulsory monogamy, I was looking for the one. And that's when I started to cheat on various partners because I thought, my goodness, if I only have one person I can be with according to this model for the rest of my life, well, they better be unbelievably amazing. And so (laughs) I kept like upgrading from one partner to another. And I didn't want to like leave one until I double checked that the other one was pretty good. And so during that period, there was a lot of, additional guilt and shame because Mm. the cheating was, you know, out of my integrity and, you know, I was lying and it affected my sense of self-worth. So, um, so yeah, so I had to really, um, I kind of went through a metamorphosis, like a butterfly you could think of and, um, to really get to the other side of that and to basically give myself permission to, run my relationships and eventually my marriage in a way that felt healthy and authentic to me and just kind of shut out the noise of what everyone else was doing. And one quote I like that talks to that part of my life is, it's better to be at war with the entire world than to be at war with your inner self. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. I had had dramatic... Um, exodus from being a Jehovah's Witness and it sounds very similar to Ah. you know what you uh, were dealing with but I try to explain people just the freedom in general let alone you know having your the ability to finally pursue the pleasure that's your own birthright and not feel guilty about it yes the freedom to think my own thoughts sometimes I I don't know if you've had the the or or remember a time where there's a baby that was swaddled and you need to change them or something I would feel that feeling like I get to do whatever I want. It's like, I, oh, you know, like yeah. most yeah. a little, like a good feeling, but like, whoa, like nobody's controlling me anymore and I have no guilt. And I, but it was, yeah. I was, I was almost afraid. I was frozen or kept myself frozen for a while. Cause I was afraid to make the wrong decision. And to be honest with you, Everyone has told me on my Parish Blair Love Affair tour that, oh, you're Polly. And I'm like, no, I don't do labels. Not. But I'm like, I guess I'm concerned about taking on another label because I got rid of the Jehovah's Witness thing. Oh, but yeah. I feel that feeling like 
I'm I'm pressing the brakes or pausing the brakes because I don't know how to integrate into this dynamic that you're that you're describing. So I'm really listening. Mm-hmm. I'm asking questions for me, but also yeah. people like me. Yeah. For for yeah. she's also asking for a friend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody that I know. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And for me, like I said, when I it's amazing how something as simple as a book or a conversation can change the trajectory of your whole life. And so one of those moments was when I read the book The Ethical Slut and I had the thought that, you know, sex is fun and pleasure is good for you. And why do people not want to talk about sex? We talked about that before, Taylor, and, and right. have, giving ourselves permission to enjoy that. And then in the book, it literally had that in black and white in the beginning of the book, right there. Sex is fun and pleasure is good for you. And I felt this release, like you were kind of talking about, like, whoa, I can be, you know, whoever I want as long as I'm being ethical and sincere and authentic and living by my values this is amazing so yeah that was definitely part of my journey as well interesting how long were you and your husband um when you got married you guys had already identified as polyamorous when by the time you got married after a couple years of being together or was it a few years in it was a few years in, but when we met, uh, we met on a traditional match.com, you know, monogamous yeah. site, and he also was a former cheater. And so as we were falling in love, we had very candid conversations, and we just said, hey, you know, I'm falling in love with you, and I don't want to cheat on you, but this is my past, and I'm not sure what to do about that. So we just talked about, why don't we just... And we didn't at that time know what the word polyamory was. Mm -hmm. So we just talked about why don't we just try and live our lives the way we think in our relationship, the way we think that feels good to us and works for us. And we kind of went down that path. And as we were courting each other, we did kind of do some um, exploring and we ended up going to a resort in Jamaica where there was a nude side and a prude side. You can say the name (laughs) of the resort. That was hedonism. It was hedonism. And we figured yeah, we started out on the nude side and our room didn't work out. And so we, we went and said, hey, can we have a different room? And they said, well, look, the only room we have available is on the nude side. And you pretty much have to be nude there the entire time that you're there. So oh, you like, started on the fruit side and they moved you to the nude side. They knew, they moved us to the nude side when we'd never wow. done anything like that before. And we were there for a whole week. So uh, we ended up, you know, being nude. And the first 20 minutes of that was very strange. (laughs) Lots of drafts, um, places you're not used to. But we ended up just, it just started to feel really natural to us. And we made friends, but nothing crazy happened. But it opened our mind up to, hey, there's like a whole other world and a whole bunch of people who are living their lives in a different way than like, say, our friends are back home. And my running joke is he asked me to marry him four weeks after that. Is that a is that a coincidence? I don't think so. And woman. I know. And then when we did get married, we just wrote our own vows and we didn't get married at a traditional church. We got married outside at a lighthouse and we just left out the forsake all others parts, mm-hmm. even though we still didn't really know what we were doing at that point exactly. And so it wasn't until about a year or two after that that we read the book at the Ethical Slut and identified as polyamorous. So what was it like the very first time when you're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's live our life and let's, yeah, let's let everybody love. And then the person loved. What was it like? Was it like 
I don't know. I'm I'm afraid of that part. Yeah. That's the part. That's why I pause. <laughs> I guess we were we were both excited and afraid. So to be totally honest, we did research for about a year and a half before we actually started dating other people. So we read more books. We read Opening Up. We read Sex at Dawn. We went to uh, you know swinger clubs, but just kind of made friends. We didn't do anything too crazy. And so by the time we did it, uh, we you know and it was really me that started to date other people first. We felt a little more confident, I guess, after all that research. And I remember the first date I had, my husband actually dropped me off, you know, (laughs) to the date. And we just kind of, you know, made some, okay, you're going to text me at this time. Let me know you're okay. Give me his phone number. You know, we so we did safety things like that. And so I guess there was that excitement factor. But I think that helped give us the confidence to move forward. And just having been on that journey together, that also just helped me feel more comfortable. I probably would be crying to my date like, oh, my God, I'm blessed and highly favored. I used to feel bad about myself because I was cheating. And now the man I'm in love with and married to is dropping me off, yes. you know, instead of <laughs> feeling heavy, you know, like, yeah. that's amazing. That's it's beautiful. a very light. It's a very light feeling. I recently met a guy and we went out together and his current girlfriend dropped him off for us to meet for our meet and greet. She's like, oh yeah, this is so awesome. You know, he said, show me your picture. She had my picture and now it's just like, ah. I told uh, Parrish recently, I was at my boyfriend's place not too long ago and I was looking like for floss and I opened up the bathroom cabinet and I saw um female a woman's female box of douche <laughs> and I thought oh well she shouldn't be using that it's really not good for a vagina but oh she's dishing she's that, that's nice to clean up a little you know but then I'm like oh my god I cannot believe I went oh as opposed to what the fuck is this shit doing here I can't believe I was actually kind of pleased to see it although next time I see her, if it is who I believe it is, because it could have been another girl. Like, don't use douche. It's not good for your vagina. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I surprised myself that I was more pleased to see it than angry. So, uh-huh. which was really kind of weird when you think about <laughs> it. You know? That's yeah. fun. That's It's interesting to watch that. Yeah. So, how long were you... At po- dating polyamorously and accepting of this new lifestyle, your husband and, and yourself to before you came out to your family or wait, or have you come out to your family? Yeah. No, that's another great question. I would say we were, you know, exploring that lifestyle of polyamory, I would say for about two, maybe two and a half years. And uh, we were kind of, I, I can say this now, we, we didn't realize it at the time, but we were kind of exercising couple privilege by doing that because it's easier to pretend that you're in a traditional monogamous relationship mm-hmm. and that you're not this, you know, a sexual minority and you're not, you know, a quote unquote weirdo, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier and it's, you know, it was easier to feel accepted by our old friends. And what really turned the tides was my husband's girlfriend said to him, you know, I'm starting to feel like the other woman and like a geisha or something. And it doesn't feel good. And I'm not sure I can continue this way where you're kind of hiding your relationship with me and pretending it's not really happening. So we might have to 
think about that, about how we're going to move forward. And it was really honest of her and authentic, I thought. And so my husband and I, my partner at the time just didn't really care, but we were trying to also take both of their feelings and respect who they were and take that into consideration. So my husband and I just had a really long talk and we thought, you know, it's not right that we're, we're hiding these other relationships or pretending they're not happening for our sake. It's like we're asking them to lie for us. So we literally like practiced our coming out speech to all of our friends and we would our hearts would be like pounding out of our chest like oh every my time gosh. We would, what it's did so you scary. say what did you I, say well, briefly, briefly we would always say? we would always focus on the love instead of the sex like everyone wants to go right to the sex and exactly. we would just uh, start out uh, and talk about the relationship with them so we would start out saying you know your your friendship is really important to me and I, we've been friends for you know 15 years and I want you to know that something new has kind of come up in my life that I'd like to share with you so that I can feel more connected and close with you and um, and then we would just kind of come out with, you know, have you heard of the word polyamory? And 90% of the time they would say no. Right. So then we would say, oh, well, it means, you know, poly, many, and love. And so we have a relationship that's a style of an open marriage because people kind of understand that open right. relationship, open marriage, where we uh, we have other partners and we love them. And we hope that, you know, you can accept that about us and hopefully get to know who our other partners are. And this really works for us. We're really happy that was the other thing we'd focus on like we're really happy and we're feeling really fulfilled and and we hope that you'll remain our our close friend because your friendship really means something to us so we kind of try and bring it back to how our our friendship with them and for the most part we had a lot of success with that and but what I can say is it's never going to be perfect every time and there's always going to be somebody that gets upset, you know, yeah. or some relationship that doesn't make it through that transition. Um, and it's an ongoing journey because even as I make new friends, you know, there's like, when do I tell them? Do I tell them now? Do I tell them, you know, <laughs> right. six months from now? You know? So it's this journey that always keeps going on. And it, it can be very scary. I, I say it's like jumping off a cliff every time. You know, because <laughs> you just never know how you're going to be accepted. And it's partly why I do the work that I do is I want the world, I want to have an activist or any kind of positive impact I can to help the world be a more safe and accepting place for people to live their lives and love who they want and have relationships in a way that works for them, you know, without the stigma, without the fear of repercussions. And we're not there yet. And that's partly why I do the work that I do. That, that was my next question. Why do you teach and coach on polyamory, which you which you just uh, answered? And when along your own journey did you decide it was best to start helping others, you know, that this was kind of your calling, if you will? It was a very unusual journey. Like, there wasn't a big light bulb moment. It was more this slow journey of... The way I like to talk about it is, you know, following the white rabbit from the Matrix. I don't know if you yeah. Know. yeah, like follow the white rabbit. So I was just kind of like following signs. So the first thing I did was I was struggling myself. So I started a blog, my um, Loving Without Boundaries blog. And I first did it as like a live journal to kind of work through my own emotions of jealousy and confusion and insecurity. And then I, I realized that that was as I was getting help from other people, people were asking me questions 
questions. And so I realized that I was um, kind of inadvertently creating a community. And around that time, I had quit my day job and was in an entrepreneurial space. And in that entrepreneurial community, there were some podcasters. And some of those folks said, hey, this is really interesting, this work you're doing. Why don't you create a podcast and start talking to people live? Because maybe people really need to hear your story and other people's stories. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So then I started the podcast, Loving Without Boundaries. And then, you know, fast forward about another year, somebody in that entrepreneurial community again said to me, why don't you become a coach? Have you ever thought about that? And I was like, you know, I, I'd never even thought of that before. Yeah. And so it was more like suggestions even from other people, like seeing a path for me that I couldn't see myself. Yeah. And then I did a little research and I thought, wow, like relationship coaching sounds awesome. It sounds like a perfect way to help people because I didn't want people to have to suffer like I suffered. And I wanted them to get a quicker path to where they wanted to go instead of like the weeks and the years that I was struggling through it. You know, I thought if I can make it faster, get them to pleasure and joy faster, I want to help them do that. And I also want to help them not feel so alone because you can Mm -hmm. feel really alone. And again, like there's something wrong with you as you're going through that metamorphosis. If that's, you know, if that's the kind of journey that you're having similar to mine. Huh. Yeah. Well, Paris, she, she's she's got that look. <laughs> uh, no, I was just I was visualizing like, huh? Will I go through something like that? I'm listening to you. I'm on the journey with you. So. Oh yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, that, it is everywhere. I mean, as many people I've spoken to who are polyamorous or going through their own transition. You know, my transition kind of came from open marriage to swinging. Then I discovered polyamory, and it just for me. Uh, it just, it just kind of fit, you know, it fit where I was in my life. It fit where I, it didn't fit for my husband. He's like, I, I, I'm not Polly. I'm going to get my pussy and come home. So yeah, Uh he still likes the swinging aspect. But for me, I like that deeper connection and having that deeper connection with, with the um, people that I had connected with on a deeper level without them going, no, don't like me too much. Just, just fuck me and leave, you know, <laughs> don't, don't like me. Well, don't, you know, don't call me, text me, hug me too. Hold yeah. you know, don't kiss me. And uh, you know, and some people that worked out fine because I didn't want to like them too much anyway. So it was, it was really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> it worked amazing. out really, really good. So yeah. it, um, the coaching aspect. So how long have you been doing the coaching? So I've been officially certified for about two and a half years now, but I've started, I mean, I started the blog back in 2012 and I wouldn't call that coaching, so to speak, but I kind of became like a dear Polly Abbey, so to speak, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so I was helping people since 2012, but I uh, partly became a coach because I wanted to make sure that I had as many tools at my disposal (laughs) and to just do it in a way that felt really good to me that I you know that I had gotten the training that I felt like I needed and so I've never looked back it's been really wonderful and I'm still I get training all the time in terms of I'm constantly learning from different mentors and I have my own coaches because I partly believe that if you're going to be a coach you should have a coach you know that is 
Yeah, yeah. Farish and I talk about that. Uh, I think <laughs> on, on a regular. She she's my coach, oh, and cool. in many 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 areas of business and and life as well. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we have so much more to ask you. So hold on, don't go away, guys. You are listening to Sisters of Sexuality: Five Shades of Play, and this is your host Taylor Sparks, along with our co-host Parish Michelle Blair and our amazing sexy guest Kitty Shambliss. We'll be right back. Organic Lovin' For the bodies you love to love How do people describe you? Are you curious? Playful? Maybe sensual? Adventurous? How about open-minded? The truth is, no matter who you are Organic Lovin' has something to indulge your fantasies We offer only organic, natural, and eco-friendly intimate body products, including vegan condoms, organic lubricants, body-safe sex toys, and sex-positive books. You won't find anything harmful in our products or toys. We also have a full range of other experiences, including erotic seminars and exotic adult-only vacations. Receive our adult subscription box for a monthly sexual delight. Be educated, entertained, and informed. Organic Lovin'. For her. For him. For you. For the bodies you love to love. Visit OrganicLovin.com. We offer shipping worldwide, so stop by the site anytime. Organic Lovin'. That's L-O-V-E-N.com. You were listening to Sisters of Sexuality. To check in with the show and ask your questions, call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to sistersofsexuality at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, sexy people. This is your host, Taylor Sparks, along with my amazing, sexy co-host and our oh-so-sexy, wonderfully smart guest, Kitty Shambliss. Welcome back, ladies. Thank you. Good to be here. You know, I wanted to tell you all about our new talking about sex, our new sponsor for our show called Lola. And Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton, tampons, pads, liners, and now they offer sex products too. So they have a subscription service and that you can get your pads and liners all 100% cotton. But the sex subscription service, you can get your condoms, and your wipes and and the condoms are vegan you know how I feel about vegan condoms and lubricant so I had some fun time with it this weekend and I had a chance to try it Um, the one thing I like about the lube I know those of you on the radio can't see it but those who are with me it has this mess-free dispenser it is water-based with an uh, aloe vera base and for those of you who may not know um, I'm really a proponent of aloe vera based lubes because it's extremely healing for the vaginal tissue and of course water is is always good it has no parabens no petrochemicals no glycerin no synthetic flavor or fragrance and um fragrance in this country you have no idea what's in it it could be a bunch of chemicals but lola brand does not have it um their condoms are vegan 
Yay! Yes, I, I got the condom out. Y'all can't see it. <laughs> but right now, <laughs> so that comes. That means it comes from a sustainable rubber tree, not tested on animals. And um, they only right now they have the standard size. So um, none of my guys wear standard sizes. Lucky me. <laughs> but, <laughs> How fun. but it is also really good. And also they also have these really. Um, these one pack cleaning wipes. So it is, it's a really nice size. So it's good to clean up if you've got period mess or you just need to wipe. There's no uh, fragrance or any or chemicals on that as well. But how the many best taxes for the condoms, it's a, it is a, it is a 12 pack and, and the wipes come in a 12 pack as well. Okay. And then they just have the one size on the which is 1.7 ounces or 50 mil for okay. the lubricant. But it's got an, but see, a lot of times the lubricant, because I perish and I travel so much, and you too, Kitty, um, there's nothing worse than your lube opening in your, in your carry-on. Oh, yeah. oh, it's horrible. Yeah. It's hard. So this has like a locking top, which I like a lot. But I tried it. It's not sticky or tacky. It's got a... It doesn't have as long of a lasting um, as a oil-based lube because it's water-based, but it's, it doesn't smell. And you know my philosophy, pussy should taste like pussy, and it has no taste. <laughs> what about the wipes? How did, what did they smell like? Or Nothing. Like? They are pretty basic. How do they, they feel? They feel good. They are strong. They're cotton as uh-huh. well. So they're very strong wipes. So you could probably, you know, put a little water on it as well. They weren't overly moist. Like when I opened the pack, they weren't like very, very wet. Um, but also pH balanced. I know those of us who are in multi-partner relationships <laughs> are always concerned with getting a good balance in our pH. So um, you go on to Lola. Oh, and you know what? If you go on to Lola, you can get 30% off your first subscription. And it's mylola, M-Y-L-O-L-A dot com. And if you enter the word sexuality, when you subscribe, you get 30% off. Thank you to mylola.com. And that comes 30% comes from us. Yeah, that's right. I said it, it comes from sister sexuality. So the code is sexuality. Go to mylola.com. You could sign up for both the tampons if you, Parrish and I have aged out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, listen, I'm happy to age out. Yeah, my easy oven uh, doesn't, my easy bake, bake oven doesn't work anymore. I love that. I know, and mine, mine stopped working some time ago too. I actually, I had all the, um, uh, the tools removed from my from my oven but for those of us who are still enjoying sex and sexuality go to mylola.com lubricant i highly approve of as well as the condom standard size only as well as the wipes because it's easy cleanup so mm-hmm. thank you to my lola now back to our regularly scheduled program parish you had a question we were asking during the break about the feeling of so, love and- yeah, right i i want to know because you're you're the expert for sure, for sure. Kitty, is is polyamory or poly, does it really mean just about many loves or is it about sexuality as well? Polyamory is a focus on love. So poly means many and amour, which means love. So it's talking about or referencing having multiple loving, intimate relationships with the consent of and knowledge of everyone involved with a focus on love. Does that mean there, there might be sex there also? Absolutely. But there also can be relationships that are maybe deeply emotionally loving, but don't actually have sex involved. 
There is another term called polysexual. And so that is talking about when there are multiple partners where the focus is a little bit more on recreational sex and not as much on the emotional connection. But when we're talking about polyamory, we definitely are focusing on on the love part and the, the intimacy of that. So I feel like, since I was going to tell you this today, I feel like I'm poly now because I thought I remember you telling me that and I read that in the books you referred me to on the mm-hmm. site, but I feel like I'm in a poly relationship with some of my sexy spirit TV people, even though I'm not, because we orgasmic gratitude together. I really care about them. Yeah. I'm a manifesting partner. They really, I feel like they love me. I, I feel like I'm starting to feel more poly or accepting that about me because I have a way to express it that feels authentic for me and mm-hmm. safe for me with like serving my, my clients. Is that, mm-hmm. does that count? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad that you said that because there are some debates in different communities about can you orient towards polyamory, like the way a person who is gay says, you know, I am gay inside and out, like it's an orientation, or do you choose polyamory? And my answer is you can do both. So for me, I do orient that way. And I can, um, and I die, like it is who I am through and through, but also it, I practice it, meaning like I choose to practice this lifestyle. So there are people who maybe um, it sounds like, and it's also an identity choice. So if you parish want to choose and say, you know, I identify as polyamorous, that's also partly your decision. Like no one can take that away from you. That's your choice to identify that way. Uh, Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to make, it easier for people to understand me. I understand myself, mm-hmm. and, but I didn't know about all this world and labels that, yeah. you know, and so because I'm working in the world of this, I would like to be able to more clearly de- identify. I usually say, I don't really have labels. I'm a sex goddess, a master manifester and a free spirited lover. I love who loves me. Yeah. Well, and that's fine too. I mean, you get to decide how to describe yourself, right? So it's yeah. totally up to you. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, all, there's a bunch of poly people looking for me and they can't find me because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bunch of poly people looking for her. There's the bunches, 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 bunches of O's. <laughs> I believe in your infinite wisdom to draw to you what is meant to come to you. <laughs> so true. She yeah. is, she is excellent at that, and I I have come to be oriented. Um, I believe that my poly is a sexual orientation. I don't believe. And, and I, I believe never say never, but I cannot think of any circumstance at all, even millions of dollars would ever, that I would ever live a monogamous lifestyle ever right. again. Yeah, and I've never, yeah, and I've never been a cheater, so I'm like, yeah, no, I just, and and my decision for that, of course, has been that I decided that I will never put all of my emotional eggs in one person's basket ever again. Mm-hmm. So my decision is a little different than my pathway there. I'm like, mm, no. Now, if I only have to depend on your love, and it's not the way I like it or want it or need it or mm-hmm. express it, and now I'm stuck here. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> so my path was a little different. Yeah, and I think that's partly what's so beautiful is each person's path and journey is unique to them. Like on my podcast, whenever I ask somebody, you know, what was your light bulb moment when you realized that traditional relationships weren't going to quite work or how your identity, you know, non-traditionally wasn't going to work? Everyone's, I've never heard the same story twice. 
There's, yeah. There are always different stories. And a journey could also look like, hey, I thought I was polyamorous or I tried it, but it didn't quite fit me. So now I identify as monogamous and I practice monogamy. I mean, that's an honest, you know, nothing wrong with a journey as well. You know, so it's just whatever journey works for you that feels like your truth, because I think we're all evolving and growing. So, you know, yeah, exactly. We hope we are. Um, But for my experience, I'm like you, like I can't imagine going back to monogamy. And for me, it was probably because it just didn't work. You know, it didn't work for me personally, but it works for other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Yeah. What's it like to have two men living in your house with you who love you? It's amazing. Oh, my goodness. I know. You're blessed and highly favored. Girl, I was like, what, Kitty? You got, I'm like, I got my little boyfriends here and there, but they're to live in the house. I mean, <laughs> I was telling Parrish, it was the year before last, the first time I slept with, like spent the night with and slept with two men that I was involved with. One was, you know, kind of a, just a sexual lover, you know, and I know his wife and his wife and my husband. And then the other one, was more of a boyfriend, but they knew him too. I could know because we we were polysexual, swinger, kinky. We're just slutting around, and and <laughs> and it was the boy, it was the lover in my birthday weekend, and then the boyfriend came up, and the wife and the husband, and she was like, "No, you sleep with them too," mostly because she really just wanted my husband to herself. So <laughs> I'm like, "I know your moves, but I'm good. We we're on the same page." <laughs> and it was, I know how I know how men feel to sleep in a bed with two women, like. They roll over and there's titties and pussy there, and then they roll over and and I rolled over and there was like all this manhood and <laughs> you know deep heavy breathing and they both were over one is six six and one six four you know and I'm five uh, two and then the other one is you know big handly hairy man I'm like heaven <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get it. I mean, we haven't we haven't slept in the same bed very often, but it has happened. And yeah, one of my partners is a little bit shorter than the other, and he's he's very hairy, very Latino with muscles. And my other partner is a little bit taller. He's more like smooth, you know. <laughs> but they both feel wonderful. It's just like, oh wow, I have so much gratitude and love right now. I am blessed and grateful. Yeah, and you don't even know who to thank. You go, thank God. Thank yeah. God. Thank God for this. God, uh, did you do this? You had to do this. You could not have not done this. this is, I mean, you know, the devil ain't even smart enough to put this together. He hasn't put together good shit. Only God puts together good stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So what is the common question that people have for you about the dynamics of you and these two men that you love? Is it, could you share some of those questions or, or maybe myths or misconceptions that people have? Sure. And I'm glad you asked that because there are, like, I would say two or three questions that I get all the time. So I would say one of the first questions is, are they in a relationship together? You know, are they gay? That's one of the first questions. So I always tell them right away, no, they are heterosexual, uh, but they are really good friends. I mean, uh, my one of my partners has been living in our house for three years. And what the moments that make me almost, you know, just cry tears of joy are when I watch them just having like it's beautiful kind of really caring conversation or they're looking out for each other. Like one one person's car broke down and they're trying to figure out how to help each other. And I'm just like, how did I get so lucky that these two get along like this in such a beautiful, loving way, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one of the first questions I get. The next question I get is, where do you sleep? 
you know, so, so how does that work? How do the sleeping arrangements work? So the, the answer is the way our house is, we, my husband and I bought this house when it was just the two of us. So there's a, a master bedroom upstairs. So I share the master bedroom with him. And then when my other partner moved in three years ago, just the layout of the house, there happens to be like a basement den area that's almost like a little apartment. So oh. he. He lives down there in the little apartment. And then in terms of where I sleep, I basically sleep upstairs some nights and downstairs some other nights. And we just kind of base it on, you know, who had date night, who has to get up early. I mean, some of it's really simple decisions. It's not some, you know, crazy orgy thing. It's just like normal everyday stuff, you know. Have they have they ever talked with, oh, I'm sorry. Did you do the third? You did all three, right? Those are the first two. And then the, the third question is, aren't they jealous? That's usually the other question I that I get. I was trying to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> aren't they jealous? What's up with that? And uh, in my particular case, my husband just isn't naturally a jealous guy. Like he, there are people that just don't have that kind of in their makeup. He's just not very jealous. And uh, my other partner, honestly, I would say he's not honestly that jealous either but he maybe has to work at it a little bit more but I did I did write the book so he can always read that (laughs) tell us about the book right yeah but tell us about the book because I cannot wait to get this book and that book will be available and tell us where they can get it it soon will be available on organicloven.com but tell us about the book so I I want to say that I wrote the book for with the polyamorous and open relationship community in mind but a lot of the techniques in the book, they're not just about an intimate, multiple loving relationship because we've all experienced jealousy, you know, whether it's us experiencing jealousy, the feeling ourselves, or we're receiving it from other people. So you're both powerful women. I mean, for my career, I was working my way up the corporate ladder and I experienced a lot of jealousy when I would get promoted above other people. And I had to deal with a lot of that. I've also seen it in friendships, you know, when somebody does an achievement and there's that crab in the bucket kind of sense of, you know, oh, I don't want you to achieve more than I do, you know, come back down here with us. So I, I think it's important to say that because jealousy shows up in all kinds of relationships. But this book I did title Jealousy Survival Guide, How to Feel Safe, Happy and Secure in an Open Relationship, because it is written under the umbrella and for the consensually non-monogamous community. So I do have nuances in there for that community. But honestly, everything in this book can be applied to any jealousy situation or any emotion management situation, really, because it also touches on self-doubt and insecurity and fears of loss and abandonment, because that's jealousy is a very complicated emotion. So those are all different things that kind of make up that the scariness that we feel with jealousy. So I have a question. Do any of the books that you've written cover the topic of polysaturated or polysaturation? Taylor, <laughs> Which is a fun word. Yeah, this is a yes. fun made up word, polysaturation. <laughs> yes. Um, I do not. This is so far the only book that I've written, but I do hope to wrote, write many more. But oh, I, um, know, I thought you wrote. I thought you had more than one book. I'm sorry. Um, She's contributed I, to it. No, I, I'm getting yeah. it. I'm getting there are more <laughs> books coming. That's what. I'm yeah. Gonna... Well, there's more books. That's, that's exactly right. You saw my future. Yes. <laughs> I've contributed essays to other books. Um, well, that, so, okay. I'm sorry. That's yeah. what I was referencing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I have talked on my blog that I, I actually do describe myself at this point as being polysaturated. Like, for example, I did experiment with having a third partner and I just found that I literally just don't have the bandwidth. Like between 
being an entrepreneur, running one to two businesses. I've got, you know, my friends and my family. You don't want to leave them, you know, to lurch. And then hobbies, working out and taking care of myself. I, I personally don't have the bandwidth for a third partner when I have two full-time nesting partners. Yeah. But a lot of people that I interview have, you know, five, six, you know, partners, yeah. some locally and some long distance. The um, like the comment lovers, and that one of the questions I yeah. get when I go, I have a husband and three boyfriends. The most common question, if it's from somebody that's already, you know, ethically open, mm-hmm. you know, or somebody that's just ignorant, they'll go, "Isn't your pussy sore?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, no." One, because I'm a sex goddess, so my pussy's quite attuned to all of that. But two, two of my guys are comet lovers. They live in other states. I only see them once every quarter or so because they're like comets. And, you know, and then my local lover already has his polysaturated. He's three local lovers, two out this is lovers, a full time. He's working 70 hours a week in his restaurant. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking for another local lover or two. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. But I, you know, love is infinite, but time is not. So you can only have, I think as many lovers as you said with bandwidth that that people have time for. Um, And speaking of time, we're getting close to the end of our show and I do not want to run out of time before asking Kitty, please tell everyone where they can find you, your social media, name of your book and where they can get that to. Absolutely. So you can find everything at my website, which is simply lovingwithoutboundaries.com. And there you'll learn more about my podcast if you're interested in that. You also can book a, uh, if you want to book a free coaching session, initial coaching session, that's lovingwithoutboundaries.com forward slash apply. And my book is Jealousy Survival Guide, How to Feel Safe, Happy, and Secure in an Open Relationship. And you can find that on amazon.com, both Kindle and print and audible should be out literally in a couple weeks sweet very good and oh i'm sorry no parish where can they find you as we're wrapping up our show oh oh, they can find me at parish blair tv (laughs) i'm sorry i told you i had so many questions they can find me at parish blair tv on instagram as well as sexy spirit tv and Good Sex Selfies and Success. You can visit my website to book sessions with me or invite me to your events at parishblair.com. And on Facebook, I'm Parish Blair TV, Sexy Spirit TV, and Parish Michelle Blair. <laughs> Are you sure that's it? No, that, don't you say <laughs> If you guys just Google her, you will find her. Google me, baby. Just Google, Google me, baby. <laughs> Google me. Same thing with Kitty Shambliss. And I, of course, your host, uh, Taylor Sparks. You can find me on my website and all social media under Organic Lovin, L-O-V-E-N. And Kitty, I just want to thank you again so much for coming and sharing everything about you, your personal life, your business life, your book. And it has been um, amazing having you here. And I thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here with you and Parrish. And I love everything that you're doing. I love meeting you in person. And I look forward to deepening and blossoming more with, with these relationships here. So thank Wonderful. you so much. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Love and Light. Peace, love, and light or peace, love, and hair grease. No, we're not going to do that one. <laughs> you guys, 
If you have any questions about the Sisters of Sexuality, our guest, or if you yourself are interested in being a guest on our show, you can email us at sistersofsexuality at gmail.com. Our website, sistersofsexuality.com, as well as our social media. And of course, on Facebook under Sexy SOS Tour. But if you Google Sisters of Sexuality, you will find us everywhere. So thank you guys again for tuning in for another amazing and oh so sexy night. And we look forward to catching up to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Sisters of Sexuality. Please join Taylor Sparks and Parish Michelle Blair again next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel or on demand 24-7. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at sistersofsexuality.com for all the latest information on our appearances and events.